The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 45 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. We have got such a different show for you this week. We're so glad you decided to tune in. Uh, Going back a little bit, uh, you know, we've had great discussions about adoption. And as that has been such an integral part of my family, uh, I always get excited when it comes up. And we've we've talked to Garth Smith uh, about uh, his uh, experiences with adoption, also with Carrie Summers, and actually just a couple of weeks ago uh, with Abe and Rachel Mills of Sunshine Mafia with about foster care and adoption. And it's just really, really fun and exciting. Foster care and adoption is such an amazing experience. And we have had multiple people who have uh, written into the show saying, hey, I'd love to hear more about it. And so I actually, normally I, I look for interesting guests and then they tell a story. I actually wanted to do an episode about adoption. And as I was thinking about it, and yes, even praying about it, it came to mind that who would be better to talk about adoption than three of my five adopted children. In fact, my three daughters, my only three daughters. And I wasn't sure if they would uh, accept the challenge when I uh, asked them if they would come on the show. And when I went to them, each of them said yes. One was less excited than the other two. (laughs) and said, I don't know what I'd say, but they just did fantastic. Now, a little bit of a word of warning. Uh, I have actually cried. I don't know how much it comes through, but I've cried in six or seven of these episodes. Uh, But usually when someone else is talking and I'm just touched by the Spirit, oftentimes the Spirit is just incredibly strong when we're sitting together and uh, having these conversations. But in this one, I cry and you can tell, darn it. I tried to find a creative way that I could edit that part out because I don't usually like being quite that vulnerable, but I am a crier. And uh, gosh, being with my daughters and being able to uh, tell them how much they mean to me was a little bit more than I thought it would be. It kind of actually caught me off guard. So that's all coming up. Uh, And then this week in my latter day life, I'm going to tell you about four of my favorite words uh, that I thought about a lot this week. So it's, again, a very different show and an excellent show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And my guests today on the podcast, this is a very special episode. I have three young ladies on the podcast and I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves to you. Let's start on that end. Tell us your name. I'm Chloe. And Chloe, how old are you? 19. And in the middle? Oh, I'm Portia. Portia. <laughs> and Portia, how old are you? 26. Portia's 26. And I'm Krista. And Krista, I'm, how old are you? I'm 22. You're 22. So we have Chloe, Portia, and Krista. And tell us your last name. Rapier. Rapier. These are my three daughters. Here are my guests this week. I've had several people, I mean several people who, because the issue of adoption comes up quite often. Uh, We had Garth Smith on. He talked about his adoption experience. We've had other people talked about either being adopted or about adopting children. 
And I've had multiple people ask me, why don't you do an episode about adoption? And as I was thinking about who we could have on, I thought, who better than my own three daughters? So our family story, which I've told a little bit a few times, uh, my wife and I, we were just a young married couple, and my wife was working as an occupational therapist for the Provo School District, and she met a one and a two-year-old and came home and said they needed a home, and I think we should adopt them. And Krista Rapier, who was that one-year-old? It was me. It was you. You were the one-year-old. How much do you remember about being adopted? <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> because you were one at the time. Tell us a yeah. little bit about your brother. Um, he's, he's my What's brother. What's his name? <laughs> his name's David. And how, how old is he? He's 22. 23. Yeah. You guys are 10 months apart, and you mm-hmm. are full brother and sister, mm-hmm. and you were uh, you were the first ones that we adopted. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when you learned that you were adopted, or you just kind of knew it the whole time? I don't think you guys ever, like, set aside an, a specific time that you told me. I think I just, I don't remember ever, like being told, oh, hey, you're adopted. I yeah. just kind of remember always knowing that I was. It was never it was never a secret thing with us because it was just part of our story. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that we at one point, like they do in the movies. In the movies, it's always, we need to sit down and talk to you. You're adopted. <laughs> By the way, Portia, you're adopted. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> in case you do not know that. So. <laughs> um, which would be really strange since you were 13. So that, <laughs> That would be really awkward. Yeah, it's a little weird. So, um, so Krista, so you grew up knowing this, and, mm-hmm. and we adopted you and David. And then after you and David, we very quickly had our son, Miles. And then we had Keaton. Mm-hmm. And we had both of them uh, are biologically ours. There's always We're always looking for the right word for it. And, uh, and then right after we had Keaton, who did we adopt next? Me. That's who? Portia. Portia. We had Portia. Portia, how old were you when we adopted you? I think I was 13 when it was finalized. Yeah. I, I, think, say. I think I came in at 12, and then I had to be with you guys for a year, and then it was finalized when I was 13. Yeah. Yeah. So. And 13 years old. Okay. So then just so that people can follow the story, uh, then we completely lost our minds and met uh, a wonderful young man named JC, and so we adopted JC. <laughs> You guys could laugh. It's okay. So wonderful. JC will listen to this. We adore JC. We love him so much. He was nine. He's 16 now. And then we really thought we were done. And one day Vanessa called me and said, uh, Chloe's doing some dance pose over there because we're about to talk about it. So so then Vanessa called me and said, hey, there's a, a young lady who needs a home. Chloe, how old were you when we adopted you? I was 14. You were 14. And how old are you now? I'm... 19? Almost 20. Almost 20. It'll be 20 in two weeks. So. I moved in on Portia's birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Portia. Hey. You know how often that you happens, You got a new though? sister for your birthday. Here's your, here's your awesome birthday present. <laughs> I came home one day and we had JC. Then I came home for my birthday and there's Chloe. Yeah. Surprise. So we picked up a lot of kids along the way. In fact, one of my favorite stories, because I travel so much, we just kept adopting these kids. We kept on adopting yeah. kids. And I travel so much. One day I came home from a business trip and I walked in and there was not another person in the house, but there was a, a six-year-old little girl sitting on the couch. <laughs> and I, and, and, I, and I, I walked in and I said, uh, I said, um, 
hello, hi. And she looked up at me and she said, hi. And then I walked into our bedroom and mom was in there. Vanessa was in there. And I walked in and said, um, is she one of ours? <laughs> and uh, That's such a mom thing to do. Just to- Yeah. And so, and then mom said, no, that is one of Keaton's little friends. And I said, oh, thank heavens. I, how long was I gone? <laughs> Thought we had adopted another one while I was gone. So we want to talk a little bit about adoption and the gospel and a little bit about your story. Now, Krista, your story is that you and David are full brother and sister. Your folks were your parents who were friends of ours. There's a long story about with, with Krista and David. We actually... Uh, we actually worked together. I worked with your parents. And uh, through a series of crazy events, you ended up with us, which was such a blessing. But like we said, you were one years old. So you don't have a lot of memories from beforehand. Uh, but we'll talk about your story in just a few minutes. But but since Portia, since you were next, why don't you give us a little bit of background on, on your story? What's your life story? That's pretty long. <laughs> um, Just give us an overview of it. So I grew up with a mom who was an addict, and it wasn't necessarily the best situation, but I had an amazing grandmother in my family. The that, best. She yes. was such a wonderful, wonderful woman. We became very close with her. She cried every time she talked to you on the phone. <laughs> yeah, we just loved her. So, But she had instilled in my head that families are forever, and then I needed a forever family. So all I remember is I remember going to court one day, and I had been in foster care for probably about six months. And I I remember I were talking to the judge and they asked me if I want to go back to my mom. I remember saying no, that I knew it wasn't an option for me, that I needed to have a family that was forever. And so I remember talking to the judge about it and my caseworker, my therapist. And I remember coming to visit you guys one day. And I remember thinking we got lost in Pleasant Grove. It was at a cemetery. I'm like, oh, good, I'm moving into a cemetery. Who knew? Um, we got here. And I mean, you remember this part better than I do, but uh, it was probably an all gray hair covering the side of my face. You had your hair covering your face, in fact. You wouldn't look at us. You wouldn't talk to us. You wouldn't look at us. Very shy. Now, when you came to visit us, Mm -hmm. your uh, caseworker... And my therapist. And your therapist. Your caseworker, though, said she does not want to be adopted. She does not want to find a family. So be careful. That was what he first told us. I don't remember that. Yeah, that was what he first told us. I do remember saying that I did not want to be the oldest, though. That was the main thing. So really jokes on you. (laughs) I did not want to be the oldest. (laughs) Now I'm the oldest of seven. And you are the oldest of seven. So Um, Yeah, but we all act like we're 12, so it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, But uh, so one of the things I'll give our listeners a little bit of background on, um, adoption is a special thing. And going back to when we adopted Krista and David, my wife, Vanessa, had a very strong feeling that this was to happen. And I didn't. I wanted to fight it. I just, this was not going to happen. I just, I don't know. We'd never talked about adopting, so it wasn't for us. And then once I prayed about it, forget about it. I just knew. And there's a series of crazy events that happened where we actually lost David and Krista. (laughs) They went to live with another family for a few months, and then... That woman felt the spirit that she wasn't meant to be their mother, and then Krista came back to us. Portia was interesting because um, while every one of the other kids was really Vanessa's idea, I was with David at church, and now David has had a lot of in, uh, a lot of issues, a lot of mental health issues, and uh, was living at the state hospital for a little while, and I'd go visit him every Sunday. We'd go to church together. We'd visit him during the week, too. But I was sitting in church with him, 
And there was a speaker who said, those who can serve and help, they need to do so. And instantly the spirit said, you will adopt a teenage daughter. It was not just time to adopt again. It was, you will adopt a teenage daughter. And actually we then told the state, hey, we're willing to take in a teenage daughter. And state came back to us with a name and said, here's a young lady who, you know, needs a home. And we'd look at the name and we'd look at the photo and we'd say, I don't think that's it. You know, and we'd study the whole case and we go, you know, this doesn't seem right. And one by one, we kept seeing these names of girls and each time it didn't seem right. And then true story, I was on a business trip and my wife called and said, hey, they've got another girl that we can meet. And I said, what's her name? And my wife said, her name's Portia. And I said, ah, that's our daughter. And my wife said, I know. And we met Portia and we were smitten and the rest is history. That was 14 years ago. Funny fact, Portia was actually born while my wife and I were both on our (laughs) missions. (laughs) Tell us where you were born, Portia. So I was born in Brigham City. Um, Brigham City. Yeah. So I spent most of my time growing up in the South Salt Lake, Murray yeah. area. So. Yeah. So one of the funny things about it is when you adopt a child, they actually give you a new birth certificate uh-huh. with our names on it. Yeah. And so it says that Portia was born in Brigham City <laughs> to Sean and Vanessa Rapier. <laughs> yes, are not in the While country. Vanessa was serving a mission in Brazil and I was serving a mission in Chile. <laughs> so someday the family history people will have to sort that one out. <laughs> So that'll be exciting. But we knew. We knew that Portia was to be our daughter. So, um, yeah, you had some rough times. And you spent some time in foster care. So I spent six months in foster care. And that was – some trauma happened there. Um, We dealt with that pretty good, though, I feel like. Yeah. And then I met you guys the first week. Then I came to visit the second week by myself. Yep. Asked if I could move in that night, that like that Sunday. Moved in like within three weeks I was moved in. Yeah, it it happened very fast. It's very fast. And then we waited, it was actually six months before the adoption. Okay. And then it's one year before we got sealed. Yes. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. All right, on to Miss Chloe. So again, we had already adopted JC. We we had six kids. We were done. (laughs) And Vanessa called me and said, the state has this young lady who needs a home. And I said, at that point, I just said, whatever. (laughs) You know, whatever. We got so many kids. (laughs) Just pile them on. We've got room for them. So, Chloe, give us a little bit of your story. I was born in Moab, Utah. Um, Let's see. I was in the foster system for 12 years. I was put in when I was three. Um, Moved around a lot. I lived in Texas, Salt Lake, Lake Powell, um, a lot of different places. Yeah. You were with one foster family for quite a while. Four years. Four years. Three and a half, yeah. yeah. But uh, they, 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 they weren't looking to adopt. No. No. Um, so this is something a lot of people don't know, is there are foster families that mm-hmm. just do foster care. Mm-hmm. It's a temporary care place. And that can be seven years, eight years. Mm-hmm. It can be a long time just in foster care without it turning into an adoption. And then there are also adoptive placements, which is what we were. We knew we wanted to adopt each of you. That was the plan from the beginning. Now, Krista and Portia, you were not free to be adopted. No. My mom, my, I know my dad signed away his rights on his own because he's living in Texas and had his own little family going on. 
Uh, my mom fought you guys on that, actually. Yeah, your mom. She fought you hard. <laughs> your mom was, she. I think she knew she wasn't in a place uh-huh. to take care of you. Yeah. But she also wanted you to know how much she loved you. Yes. And that's a common thing. Krista, this was the same thing with your mm-hmm. parents. Your parents knew that they really weren't in a place to take care of you, but they wanted you to know how much they loved you. And so if you give up rights, it's this sense of, oh, no. And Chloe, mm-hmm. your parents have come back into your life. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've uh, forged a relationship with them. Their rights were taken away. Yeah, they were um, taken away by the state. Yes, they had several chances. Yeah. Decided it wasn't for them. Yeah. So they got their rights taken away. Um, but I decided that I wanted to have somewhat of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people made me. <laughs> they literally made you. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. All right, so that's kind of the story of how we all came together. And so we had this crazy, raucous house with seven kids. It's a wild ride. It has been a wild ride. And there are, uh, unfortunately, you know, with with kids who you all have been through trauma. Mm -hmm. Every one of you. Yep. You know, now again, Krista, you were one. So you don't remember really any of it, um, you know, and you came through it. Chloe and Portia, you guys were a little bit older when mm-hmm. all this was happening. So you have vivid memory of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, some of it was with your family and some of it was in foster <coughs> homes that it was not yeah. a good situation. So when you were when you were growing up for Portia and Chloe, mm-hmm. before you came into our home, what role did the gospel play, if any, in your lives? So... Being raised by my grandma, it was a pretty significant role. I went to church with her. I learned, she instilled in me the values of how important it was and how with the church I could do anything I wanted to do, that mm. it was, it was hope. Mm. And she especially instilled in me like families are forever. Like you want to be sealed to a family forever. Yeah. I think a part of me like had translated that too, though, is because I struggled with my mom so much that, well, if this doesn't work out with my mom, she can just get rid of me when she wants that. Ha ha. I family's going to have me forever. They can't do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of we were stuck. You're stuck with us feels. now. <laughs> pretty much. It's kind of mentality. So the gospel played a pretty huge, significant role in my life. Yeah. I mean, for a while there, it was taken away from me because my mom took me away from my grandma, but it was still there, always there. How important was your grandma as a figure in your testimony and in, in your membership in the church? She was my first mom. Yeah. <laughs> she really was. Um, yeah. She was the first constant thing in my life that I had that was the most positive influence I could have. Portia's grandma passed away a few years ago. Three years. Yeah. Three years ago. And Grandma Margie was maybe the sweetest person I've ever met. We grew to have a great bond with her. But I think I can honestly say that Portia would not be here with us were it not for Grandma. Oh, no. I would She... She kind of kept the ball rolling. So there are, if you are a grandparent out there who maybe your kids are struggling with their kids, don't underestimate the role that you can play in their lives. No. How about you, Chloe? What role did the gospel have for you uh, before you came into our family? I was not a member. My parents, no one, we were raised sort of a mixture of Baptist and Catholic. Um, very interesting. Love it. Uh, you were actually baptized Baptist. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
the family that I was with the longest, Mark and Lynette Celine, um, they they are LDS, and, and they were my first mom and dad. Yeah. Throughout the fo- foster system, um, and I just wanted to be so much like them. And you know, we went to church every Sunday. I went to activity days with there, and I loved it. And I loved who I became. I was I was happier. You know, I still had my trials, my struggles. Sure. I mean. A lot. What nine-year-old girl didn't? Right. But <laughs> uh, just, it's made such a difference. Yeah. You can tell. You just look back on your life and yeah. what it was like before the church and what it's like now with the church. So, Krista, you were old enough to remember Portia coming into our home. Now, you had basically, I mean, you were essentially born in. I mean, you were one when we got you. So you don't remember anything before. David was two. So you've always grown up with David. Mm-hmm. And then you watched Miles and Keaton be born into the family. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you felt when, when Portia came and joined our family? I think more than anything, I just was like, who is this girl? And why does she think that she can be a part of our family? But <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I mean, Kate, okay. but like it was the first time that I had, like ever met yeah. another person that my family was like, oh, yeah, we're going to add her to our family. I was very confused. I was like why like yeah. i'm happy but i think that after i mean <laughs> to be fair i was not the easiest sibling ever. what for adopted or birth family I'm yeah. just, i know. think that after a little while i was like okay cool i mean i guess she can be a part of this family <laughs> it wasn't like that but you know it would be it hard kind of, Krista. Yeah, i think that's it was, true it was a little bit it was a little bit hard to feel like I was willing to have another sibling come in because, like, I had a good relationship with Miles, and I and Keaton was little. Yeah, Miles is the favorite. I was just so confused as to why we were like adding another kid in the family when I was like, I have my my family, I have my my brother. I'm. You thought we were fine, just yeah. why? And then we threw another boy on top of it, and then <laughs> Chloe on top of that. Yeah. yeah. Was it easier once? Once Portia was your sister and was mm-hmm. our family, was it? did that make it easier then to have JC join us and then to have Chloe join us? Or was it each time like, holy cow, are you kidding each me? Each time it was just kind of different. Like oh, yeah? adding a new kid in each time was just a, a different experience. Um, Portia was more of the, but why? You know, because she was the first one that came in. Yeah. And then JC was like... Who this is kid this? is insane. Like, what is this kid <laughs> doing here? Yeah, um, JC has more energy than any kid you've ever met. He yeah. seriously Those does. Funny. Yeah. And it was more like, how am I going to be able to keep up with this kid? Like, he's just always going. Yeah. And I was older then as well. So it was kind of mm-hmm. a little bit easier. And then once Chloe was here, I was like, okay, cool. Another, another sibling. Awesome. <laughs> so. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. We all got used to it. By the time I came around, everyone was. And eh, we are all just kind of it whatever. Like, it wasn't new anymore. Like, I'd yeah. come home from, like, school or whatever the heck I was doing with my life, and all of a sudden there's a new kid. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Have another sibling. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the one thing we tried to always stress to each of you is that none of you ended up here by accident. No. It's not like we, <laughs> I promise you, it is not that mom and I said, hey, you know, it'd be really fun. <laughs> it'd be really fun if we had seven kids. 
And especially if five of them were adopted and older kids were adopted. Let's have that as a plan. That was never our plan. It was God's plan. And it was our plan, we believe, in the pre-existence. So, so what are some of the harder adjustments of being an adopted child that you think that maybe, maybe uh, biological kids do not have? I think having biological kids and you grow up with good parents, you have that security. Like you have parents that you know are there for you. Yeah. I mean, in my case, I had a, I had a little sister that mm-hmm. I felt responsible for. I had a mom who was a high-functioning drug addict that was sometimes at the hospital yeah. that I had to take care of. You know, and that translated over to Margie because Margie was older. That okay. was your grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is she going to die now? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think as being an adopted child that's older too, you have all that instilled in your head. You have all those fears. Sure. Like, well, if I couldn't hack it with my birth family, what's keep what's having what's keeping them? Where are my adopted parents going to keep me, or is this going to work? Yeah. Because as a child, you have so much more damage because you're obviously in foster care for a reason. So one, you bring up an interesting point because one of the things that at least has been our experience, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife and I have done a lot of reading and a lot of studying, gone to a lot of classes mm-hmm. about parenting as well as parenting adopted children. One of the unique phenomenon that happens is you guys have been through a lot, mm-hmm. and each time you've settled into a home, you've gotten ripped out of it. Mm-hmm. Every time you've been in a good situation... You started to bond, boom, someone tore you out of that, and that hurts mm-hmm. a lot. And so what, what happens is kids have moved into our home one by one, and we have a honeymoon phase <laughs> that everything's perfect and everybody's mm-hmm. happy. And then what, psycholo- uh, what psychologists, <laughs> psychologists, <laughs> yeah, if I could talk, psychologists, what they believe happens then is that you start to bond and then you get scared. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen when this person realizes how terrible I am Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get kicked out of here and I can't handle it again? Then you go through the worst period of nightmare. Just, oh, yeah. I I don't know a word other than hell to call it. No, it is. Because it is so terrible where you guys did anything and everything you possibly could for us to give up Mm -hmm. on you. And then you reach a breaking point Mm -hmm. where you go, holy cow, I just put these people through all of this. And they're still here. Hmm. Do you, I mean, do you remember being scared of bonding? Do you remember that consciously or no? I remember it every day. Your fears don't just go away once you're adopted. I remember when it happened. They stick with you. I remember when it happened. You remember when what happened? When each of them like went through that phase. Oh, I I remember it. You remember (laughs) it. Well, the whole family remembers it. I remember it, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we could, we, I, I, I will save the stories for everybody. But there was, there was, there was, I'm yeah, there was points where like we all have that. There's like, I have a significant like incident in my head. Yeah. Especially with mom. Cause for me, mom figures are harder. Like I had, I had my grandma and that was about it. Yeah. And for you, your mom was the hardest thing for me. Who loved you so much. Yeah. And she did. She was, she did. She did the best she could with what she had. And we're saying did because your mom passed away. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Three yeah. years ago. Same time as my grandma. Yeah. Which was really hard. And, uh, she was a sweet lady, really sweet lady who had a very hard life. She was, and that's the thing. Like She raised me the best she could. I was not an easy child, but I remember struggling with mom a lot, actually, when I after I got adopted. And there's a couple of instances that stick out of my head of when I finally realized that mom was there to stay. So, yeah. And I was on the road a lot. Mom was doing 
a lot of this. Was, it's easier to person. get mad at the parent yeah. who's always there. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think that it's easier to get mad at mom. Mm-hmm. I think there are those issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it was hard. I mean, you guys went through and put us through some remarkably, <laughs> I mean, there were nights where we were like, why are we doing this? Yeah. And oh. yet now I look at you guys and I see nothing but joy and peace and love. And it's just wonderful. But it was a lot of chaos. What uh, if there are kids out there who are in the foster care system? What advice do you have for them? Any of you? You don't have to be a cliche. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where on earth did you hear that, Chloe? Oh, he's easy. Mom and Dad told us to me all the time. <laughs> you don't have to be a cliche. You don't have to be a statistic. Don't be a statistic. Yeah. So when, when you can also choose your family too, I think it's a good one. Yeah. Like even as an adult now, like I have you guys, I love it, but I'm able to make other people, my family too. Yeah. Like it's not, you need a full support system. Yeah. It's okay to cut out people who are toxic. I think that's really important. I think that's really important that it's okay to cut out people who are toxic. Yeah. You need to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Family isn't blood. Yeah. Family is the, the people who go through protect everything you, with you. Yeah. Who who would do anything for you. And I uh <laughs> this Mother's Day, this past Mother's Day, um we were talking around the dinner table and it it just hit me that these are my parents. You know, and it took years for it to actually kick in. And sometimes it doesn't Sometimes I still feel, I don't know, scared, lonely, but this is my family. Yeah. And you will find your family. Yeah. It may take years. It may take And it may not days. even be on this earth. And it may not no, even be and on that's okay, earth. too. For some, for some kids, unfortunately, it's called timing out of the system. Mm-hmm. And, and that does happen. And that's what happens. Krista, since you've been through it one, two, three times... <laughs> Since you've been through it three times, what advice do you have for uh, maybe kids who have siblings coming in from adoption? Any advice? Take it as it comes. <laughs> um, That's good advice. Take it as it comes. There is no big plan. Yeah. There's no one thing you can prepare for. Um, be careful with what you say to them at like the the very beginning when they come in. Um, it's hard for them, obviously. And I think that, especially with JC, it was really, really hard for me to kind of adjust. Um, because having another little brother was like, it was just weird. It was, it was <laughs> too much. Yeah. It's like, I don't want another brother. <laughs> um, but I think that I was not very nice to him at the very beginning. And I think that that probably made his adjustment into our family a little bit harder too. So I think just be nice. Be kinder. Yeah. I think yeah. that's really good advice. But I think that's good general advice for mm-hmm. for all of us. And not just siblings who are already there, for siblings or for kids going in. Mm-hmm. You know, these these people are taking you into their home and you you know, you may eventually become part of their family. Yeah. So if there are listeners out there right now, which I had today, I had a couple uh, come up to me after church who came up and said, hey, we're thinking about adopting. Um, 
you know, we'd love to sit down and talk to you guys for an hour about kind of what it's like and everything else. What advice do you have for people who are thinking about adopting? It's an emotional roller coaster for all parties. You have to be prepared for that. Like it is not going to be easy. Yeah, especially with older kids. Especially with older kids. I think year by year, the older the kid. Mm -hmm. But but you know what? Adoption is not the only time that's difficult. We've got plenty of friends who have biological kids with every kind. In fact, we have biological kids who, you know, have plenty of issues of their own too. So, but it is hard. It's not easy. So why why should people do it if it's going to be hard? And it may be. It may not be. But it usually is. uh, Why should people adopt? Any of you? There are kids out there right now thinking, am I enough? Will I ever have a family? You know, is my life ever going to be different? Am I going to have a roof over my head, food in my stomach? And you have the ability to change that. You have the opportunity to change that. You would be blessing someone else's life while blessing your own. Portia? I think you're giving opportunities, but they're also giving you an opportunity to, to learn from each other, to grow. You never know how much it's going to mean. Like, you really don't till you're, I'm what, 27? 27. 27. Um, <laughs> I have the question sometimes. Like, you never realize, like, oh, like, how much of an impact it makes on you, even if it's just foster care. Like, being even being just a good foster home and protecting that child. Like, being that one constant thing. They've got through so much trauma. It's one time they can relax and kind of be themselves and yeah. not be afraid. Krista, any advice for people thinking about adopting? Make sure they know that you love them mm. as soon as they come in, as soon as you meet them. Make sure they know that you love them for who you are because I feel like a lot of kids who are in foster care are coming from families that treat them like they don't love them. And it's Mm. important for them to know that. Yeah. I will say in our family, uh, we have had chaos. (laughs) We've had so much anarchy. (laughs) We've had (laughs) the police here many times. Um, got banned from Disney world. Cops are your friends. Oh, we did almost get banned. from Oh yeah. (laughs) That was my fault. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We literally have been in the police station at Disney World. <laughs> See, I wasn't going to bring up anybody's stories, but that is a I still think it's funny. Yeah. Especially with us being such a Disney family, too. Yeah. Yeah, we were literally almost banned from all Disney parks. Don't steal like, keychains <laughs> from Disney World. Because someone decided she wanted to rebel by stealing and then didn't speak to us the rest of the trip. Oh, we've had some terrible. wild times, but I will say, I think we've had a whole lot of love. Mm-hmm. I was watching at the dinner table. We had dinner before we recorded this tonight. And I was just watching, looking around at our dynamic and how much we were laughing. Do you remember more of the good or more of the difficult? Honestly, do you, do you, do you spend more time? I mean, I have my own answer, but do you guys spend more time thinking about the good or thinking about the difficulty? The good. I think even some of the bad stuff I find funny now as an adult. Yeah, as you as, get older. Yeah, as like, someone what that's was 27. I thinking? Yeah. Uh, yeah, as someone's 27, I was terrible on our vacations. Yeah. But I also have we really good were. memories too. Like the five bucks I spent at Zion's to take yeah. a shower. Yeah. Five minute shower. <laughs> five bucks. You were bound and determined to take a shower when we were at Zion's <laughs> National Park. 
Oh, I'm being dirty. They seem like the biggest thing right then. You know, like yeah. your life yeah. is over, but... Yeah. I mean... Yeah. You just you know, laugh about them. It's funny because we look back now, now that we've had time, we look back and mom and I just laugh. Mm-hmm. Mom and I just, I mean, even some of the worst things we went through, we just go, how did we even survive that? But it's kind of funny now. And we're able to laugh They're and we're memories. able to say, you know, and it happened and we moved on. Um, and there are many. I mean, there are many things that in the moment seemed like the most difficult thing on <laughs> earth. And yet you've all grown up now. You've all moved out. Yeah. <laughs> and you've all moved back in. And two of got you married. have moved out again. <laughs> One of you got married and And divorced. And divorced. I'm actually quite proud I survived that. You've survived it and and you've done great. Um I think that the main point I would make is that uh there are no accidents. That's what I would say. Dad, you can't cry. <laughs> I didn't mean to cry. I'm already done crying. I, no. I would Close just say family. that not one of you was that something that an accident happened and then God fixed it by giving you to us. That's not the way it worked. But that you were put through certain trials and so were we and we were just ready for you. And that you needed to go through those things in order to get to us. And that's what I would say, is that for anyone out there who feels like God has forgotten them, God doesn't forget us, that each of you, um, that each person out there is a child of God. He loves them. Um, Krista, you don't remember your ceiling, although you were so darn cute in your little white dress <laughs> and your curly hair. You've seen pictures of it. And, when, and when David was in his suit. Yeah, and you cried the whole time. <laughs> but Portia and yeah. Chloe... What do you remember about the day you got sealed? My most prominent memory was seeing you and mom in your sealing clothes. Yeah. And I think I might have laughed at first, but mm-hmm. then I cried. See, dad gives a lecture at not laughing beforehand <laughs> with the boys. He's like, you know, you're going to see stuff that might not be normal, but don't laugh. It there, it's all has significance. Yeah. And that's one special thing about adoption yeah. is you actually get to um, have a full sealing. We got to be in our full temple clothes and... I have my temple dress still. And you each got to walk in in white, and all the other kids got to be there. Krista, do you remember their ceilings and JC's ceiling? Um, I remember Chloe's the most because it was the most recent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think hers is the one that I remember remember the most because I think the it other was two raining. were. Yeah. It, it was, started it was snowing. snowing. Yeah. 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 But it was I think December 21st. You still o'clock. remember. Yep. <laughs> Mine was Nana's birthday. Oh, wow. So I beat y'all. Yeah. I was Nana's present. Yeah. Dang, that's it's a good present. It's one special thing about adoption <laughs> is we have gotten to get, you know, we my wife and I were sealed when we got married, and then we got to be sealed to David and Krista, and mm-hmm. then we got to be sealed to Portia, and then to JC, and then to Chloe. So we've gotten to go to the temple many times. I feel bad for people who don't ever get that experience, because mm-hmm. it's pretty darn awesome. Um, you girls have really overcome a lot. And I think that's pretty awesome. Um, again, you, you came to us not by accident. It wasn't. So the last question we always ask all of our guests is, what does being a member of the church mean to you? Anyone want to start? It means hope for me. Yeah. That it's mean I can have constantly in my life if I choose. It means there's always hope that things 
there's a reason why it's happening. And I, I, I chose it, so I must be stronger than I think I am, honestly. Because not many people think they're going to get married and get divorced. Not many people think they're going to go through childhood trauma and survive it. Yeah. But I did. I think the church has made it... It's made a place of like, like refuge, too, for me. Like, I can always count on it. It's always there for me when I want it. Awesome. Chloe, Krista, what does being a member of the church mean to you? Growing up, you know, moving place to place, family to family, and then finding my forever family, it's, it's, to me, it's having a family when I never thought I was worthy of having a family. Yeah. And like Portia said, having hope. Krista, what does being a member of the church mean to you? I think, I mean, <laughs> recently I've thought about it a lot more. Um, I've gone through a few things that I'm not happy about in the like recent months. Um, and I think after going through all of that, I realized, you know, all of that happened for a very specific reason. And at the time, I thought that it was the end of the world. And now I've realized that not just that, but everything I've gone through in the past was to get me to this point. <clears throat> and what I'm going through now, I'm not excited about. I'm not happy about it. But it's to get me to where I'm going to go in the future. Um, and I think growing up in the gospel was important for me because then that that's what made me realize all of this was that, you know, through this entire time with all of the highs and all of the lows, the one constant thing that I had was my family and the gospel. Hmm. That was beautiful. Well, girls, I'm going to say to you in front of you, as well as in front of our hundreds and hundreds of listeners, no father No, you can't do this. <laughs> no father could love his daughters more than I love each of you. Boy, I didn't plan on getting emotional. Usually I'm the emotional one. <laughs> but you are my greatest treasures. And I love you all so very much. And the fact that you would take the time to sit down and be recorded. I'm so proud of each of you. And, uh, Amazing young ladies, you become every one of you, and I know you get down on yourselves, uh, but you are not an accident, and you are not put in our family by circumstance or just by chance. Heavenly Father had a plan, and uh, I love you all, and I'm just grateful you're my daughters. Thank you for coming on the show. Can someone tell a joke so we can get out of this? What's green that has four wheels? What's that? Grass. 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 <laughs> that's that's a joke, you guys. That is that is such a good joke and such a good note to end on. <laughs> Girls, thank you for all the joy you bring to my life and to the lives of so many. And the and drama. For, and for all the drama you brought us as well. For two very non-dramatic people. Hey, at least I did they not get... Very, seven very dramatic people in their family. Yes. Hey, at least we still have Disney World now. Oh. Yeah, at least we I can didn't get still, his band. At least we can still go to Disney World. 
Thanks. Girls. So many memories there. <laughs> Thank you very much for sharing your latter day lives with us. My thanks to Portia and Chloe and Krista for coming on the show and being so vulnerable and open. I really appreciate it. I appreciate each of them. And they were all so open and so charming and so wonderful. And And uh, I really meant what I said. I could not be prouder. And I know each of their backgrounds. And they are impressive enough, young ladies, and they are enough just as they are. But if you knew their backgrounds and their backstories, you would be even more blown away. They are treasures to me and true examples of just overcoming and and just awesome. So my thanks to them. My thanks to you for listening. This week, it feels almost funny to do a um, My Latter-day Life section. <laughs> Pretty much the whole show was My Latter-day Life. Uh, but uh, I'll just share a couple of quick thoughts. It was actually my birthday last week, and I crested 46 years old, which was, uh, you know, I'm coming up on that 50 mighty quickly. And uh, I, I've been thinking a lot about my family and my daughters and my my sons. And, you know, it's funny when we, we did laugh now about uh, some of the things that we've been through. And some of the times in our lives, you know, especially when we had you know, five, six, seven of the kids living. I don't know if we ever had them all in the house at the same time, but it was just overwhelming and they were little and they needed help constantly. And we were just dealing with major things or maybe financial issues or maybe whatever stresses we go through. And I remember at the time feeling like this is the end. This is it. This is everything. It's over. There's no way it could get worse than this. And But there's also no way it could get better. And I remember feeling that way. And some words of wisdom uh, that I've heard many times from many wise people is, this too shall pass. Four simple words, this too shall pass. And sitting here, there are times where um, with my daughters or with my sons, I would have told you at certain times, we'll never have a relationship that's solid or great. And who knows? And there were times where I thought that my kids would never be able to get a job or never want to, or that we would lose them. Um, and that has passed. And there are things coming that will be massive trials. And those two shall pass. And there are pains that will come and those two shall pass. And whatever you're going through right now in your life, this too shall pass. These things go on and we, we, we end up with that perfect brightness of hope that the, the scriptures talk about. And the perfect brightness of hope is the Savior. And you may lose a loved one and that pain, that too shall pass. Or you may feel like someone's choices that they're making are so unbelievably painful. And we go through divorce and we go through death and we go through pain and loss and, and all these things. But those two shall pass and there is a perfect brightness of hope. And there will be a time to enjoy. And sometimes it comes on this earth, like last week when we recorded this interview, what a tremendous time of joy. My spirit was lifted for days from that. And then come the trials again. It's not meant to be the reward. This is the challenge. But if we'll hold on and be strong and lean on the atonement of Jesus Christ, this too shall pass. And one day we will 
live in his eternal brightness, his eternal glory. And those are the things I hold on to in my life. And the older I get, again, looking back on the last uh, 46 years, so many times I thought my life was over, and yet here I stand. And uh, just grateful for that. And that is what is happening this week in my Latter-day life. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in again this week. Next week, we've got just another great show, a really interesting guest next week uh, that I'm excited to get to know. Uh, If you do enjoy the show, we just keep growing. But it's thanks to you. So many of you share the show and share it with someone you love. Please think of someone that you can say, hey, do you listen to podcasts? And and either point them to our website, uh, latterdaylives.com, or just show them how to use Stitcher or Google Play Music or uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever whatever format they have. We just appreciate it. The other thing is it's it's been a little while since we've gotten a review. The ones on uh, Apple, uh, yeah, it's on Apple Podcasts. The ones that are on Apple Podcasts really drive the traffic and really push how much it gets shown when people search for LDS or Mormon. Gosh, we want this to come up to the top as quickly as we can. If you get a minute and could get on Apple Podcasts, or if you could get on Facebook and leave us a review, whatever format, if you could leave us a positive review, every positive review just helps us to be more easily found. And I'm so grateful for all of you who have done that, because many of you have. And I guess that that's about it for this week. So until next week, till we meet again, remember, there is a great big beautiful world out there. Go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening.